0: Hello and welcome to episode two of The Clump. This is Pringle from Glasgow, Scotland.
1: This is Shryman from Baltimore, Maryland. This is John from Washington, D.C.
0: And thanks for listening. So we are on episode two right now and you might have noticed that we only have three obnoxious people on this instead of four. And the reason why is Dupler is unfortunately unable to go onto the call. He's taking up the job of a pirate, and he's since inherited an eye patch. Um, so basically, he is now unable to join us on this podcast. And um, he, I mean, he thinks he's going to come on future episodes, but I don't really think that that's necessary. Um, we have since <laughs> we have since received uh, news that uh, a new a new host is coming to join us on the clump. Uh, a man by the name of Jonathan Revinson, aka JRev. How are you, man?
2: I'm doing well. I'm I'm cool, JRev from from downhill filling in for the Dukemeister, here to spread joy and give give good music games. In fact,
0: excellent. Looking forward to speaking with you for the next, I would say an hour or so. Um, just a few updates before we sort of move on to the podcast Uh, we just want to thank everyone for listening to the first episode Um, a lot of positive feedback that we got from it. And, um, and we thank you for listening to us again. Um, we're hoping uh, to get sort of a more regular schedule out in terms of episode releases, It's obviously been, you know, a month since we did a, a recording, um, but things with work etc for all of us it's, it's, it's a little bit it's a little bit unsure right now as to when we do record and, and and when we send out an episode but keep an eye on social media for updates so follow us on twitter and facebook at the clump podcast and you can find all of our posts there find all of our updates so moving on to the episode uh john are you want to kick things off a little bit
3: yeah. Um so before we begin, I guess we can spend some time talking about the Grammys 2021. Personally, I haven't really cared about the Grammys ever since Malcolm Moore won over over Jesus, what else? Uh Take Good Care. Good Kid, City. Yeah. So they've been dead to me for a while. <laughs> but um this year who do we have? We have Gee, Album Swizzle. of the Year was Folklore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Looking at the, the nominees, I think it probably should have gone to Woman in Music Part 3. Um, Best New Artist was Megan The Stallion. Um, I would say the one I agree with the most is probably Best Dance Electronic Album, Going to Bubba. That was a great yeah. album by Kay Trinata. I feel like I always pronounce it wrong. But I really enjoyed that. It was a good listen throughout. Mm. Um curious to hear other people's thoughts on the grammys
0: um just i i i would say every single year i seem to for some reason get excited about the grammys but at the same time i don't know why i have no idea why i don't really watch it because first of all you know given time zones i would need to be up really early uh till really early in the morning the following day to actually watch it and enjoy it and second of all it's just for me the grammys is just such a ridiculous organization the sort of whole committee behind that it's ridiculous and given every single year there's some sort of controversy regarding the Grammys it's just sometimes I just I just lose interest in it as soon as it's as soon as I see who's won or I see the nominees I just immediately lose interest but I will say there's quite a lot of music on this year this year's pick uh, that I do like I just wish there was maybe a bit more variety and, and there's some weird choices as well in terms of the categories and who's on these categories like you've got bloody you got Justin Bieber for yummy on best Pop solo performance um and it <laughs> Harry Styles won it despite the fact you've already got Dua Lipa's don't start now which is an obviously better song uh you know it's, it, there's some weird wins and weird inclusions in this list um But I will say I was quite, well the album of the year I actually really really enjoyed Folklore and the fact that I'm not a Taylor Swift fan I don't really like any of her albums maybe apart from her first couple and then when it got into Folklore I was like this is amazing I really enjoyed it and so seeing it win Grammy of the year despite the uh, album of the year sorry despite the fact that it is Taylor Swift I wasn't too upset by that and yeah Women in Music 3 is good um, as is future nostalgia, it would have been interesting to see Jacob Collier win it for Jesse Volume Three. I don't know if any of you have listened to that album, but it is an incredibly good, uh, I would say, jazz electronic R and B album. Um, and it would be interesting. It would have been interesting to see even like Jeneico win it. Uh, I like Chalombo quite a lot as an album as well, but I would just say I, I thank fuck Post Malone didn't win it. Because if Post Malone won it for Hollywood's Bleeding, that's when we know that the Grammys is fucking terrible. I mean, they're bad enough with some of the things that they've done recently, but seeing Post Malone win it would have just put the, the cherry on top for me in terms of my hate towards the Grammys.
2: You don't like Post Malone?
0: I do like Post Malone, but I don't want to see it win a Grammy over Folklore, Future Nostalgia, Women in Music Part 3, Jesse Volume 3, even Black Pumas and Cholombo. Maybe, maybe Hollywood's the. Hollywood's
1: new- Bleeding has like three good songs on
0: it. I prefer bones and Bailey's. Circles is a great song, though.
2: I gotta say, um, you know, great albums out there, but it's and I know it won best alternative album, but Fetch the Bolt Cutters should have been getting way more love. That album was phenomenal. that was a
1: great album. As as should Phoebe Bridger's Punisher. And that's one of the That's one of the big things that I had. One thing that was super interesting about the Grammys this year is it felt like to me that they were giving additional love to people that they have snubbed in the past that has had lasting influence on the genres. Um, The big one or the big two that really caught my eye were the Fiona Apple, uh, who don't get me wrong. She deserved to win all the awards she was nominated for, even though I'm a much bigger Phoebe Bridgers fan. And I personally think Phoebe Bridger should have gotten at least one. Um, But the big one that really caught my eye was Nas uh, winning Best Rap Album over Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist.
0: True. Um,
1: They snubbed Nas pretty much every single year he was nominated. Uh, Illmatic never won anything. Uh, The... I don't remember what it's called. The one after that didn't win anything either. And they gave it to this one, even though Alfredo is pretty much universally the better That album. was
0: a weird category, actually, the best rap album because out of all those Best Rap Albums is always yeah. the weird one. Best Urban Contemporary. <laughs> don't get me started. Don't do not get me started on Best Urban Contemporary. But yeah, no, that was a weird that was a weird moment as well, seeing King King's Disease win, because even though I do like it, it's it's a weird pick over it's no, it's no Alfredo, Alfredo in the slightest. You're right, and Freddie Gibbs did get snubbed for that. Um, I mean, I'm quite glad Megan The Stallion sort of l- just ran shop on that uh, entire award ceremony. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't know how many wins she got, but she got a, f- a fuck ton of wins, which is good because I'm a massive Megan The Stallion fan, and it's good to see it's good to see her get some recognition. Um,
1: yeah, and she she deserves everything she did get. She yeah. had such a hard year, and.
3: Yeah, Mm, it was good to see the fruits of her labor.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Anyone else got any sort of other opinions on different on on these categories at all? I mean, country performances. uh, There's not really anything there that screams out as particularly.
1: I mean, the only thing.
0: Well, actually, I just see Dan and Shay won it for best group performance. When you've got, actually, no, to be honest, you've got Little Big Town in there, which is not much better. But anyway. It's a, it's a weird song to win that
3: progressive r&b album i think thundercat definitely deserved that win but ungodly hour was a close second ungodly and hour I, was
1: real good
3: i think had i been on the committee i would have chose ungodly hour the weekend uh, had himself
0: a night <laughs> yeah he swept the whole thing <laughs> yeah it's fine he 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 had the best performance of of this fucking year anyway that need to be Mm -hmm. grammy certified um yeah i think i think for the grammys it's just overall very underwhelming as it normally is and And it's every year it's every year
2: i will say i think tyler Childers' long violent history kind of got snubbed because it was an instrumental album um but he's just such an incredible country artist that i always just feels like he needs more appreciation
1: And I will say, it might have been too late past the cutoff um, for the Grammys, because I know you have to, like, have them in by August or something. Yeah, yeah, it's really early. Yeah, but I I do know, I didn't never listen to it, because I'm not the biggest country guy, but I heard great things about the Chris Stapleton album that dropped last year. Um, So I was shocked to not see that included. However, it could have been past the cutoff date.
0: It may um, be. Yeah, I I imagine it would be in next year's, because that album was really good. Uh, And I imagine... Yeah, and it it
1: did drop later.
0: Mm-hmm. And Chris Stapleton's already a massive country artist. Like, I-, I would be very surprised if it didn't get included. Um, But yeah, that's the Grammys. And we also want to just mention, last month was International Women's Month. And, you know, we just want to thank all the female artists out there bringing out good music. Uh, You know, Phoebe Bridgers, Megan Thee Stallion, uh, Rina Sariyama, bunch of them. Uh,
2: Phoebe Bridgers is out. The other day she tweeted, I'm straight. I don't know what she was thinking. Interest. Yeah, i love when
1: you're making songs like i know the end you could tweet whatever you want you could try to break your guitar on <laughs> snl whatever
2: for anyone who's not hip phoebe bridgers usually about once a month just tweets i'm gay so the i'm straight tweet really threw everyone off <laughs> i love her
0: excellent right okay we're gonna move on uh to our sort of main segment of the podcast and uh john shea i believe you are trying you are going to be uh taking over this bit again yeah so go for it man yeah
3: so um for context this was the brainchild of us who went to camp and enjoyed talking about music and so obviously we thought what we really needed to do was make another podcast of four white men talking and sharing their opinions um, but an angle we considered to make it at least a little original was uh, the geography of music because it's always been something that's interested me. For example, why does Detroit have such a good techno scene? Why does the Pacific Northwest have such good indie rock coming out of it? And just thinking about cities like Manchester that have Oasis, The Smiths, Stone Roses, Joy Division, it seemed like an interesting topic, and there's a lot of angles to approach it from. So in the context of the pandemic, we wanted to start by talking about Australia and specifically Melbourne. Um, They're the only continent right now with very low COVID rates that can have concerts and they're addressing that in their own ways. So I know we all miss it dearly. I visited J-Rev in Richmond to go see Parquet Courts. Ewan, you, you were able to see Animal Collective at Meriwether Post Pavilion, which
0: and is pretty Fleet cool. Foxes.
3: And Fleet Foxes. Evan, we've been to Beach House in D.C. and Baltimore. So um, just a strange time for music right now. I'm really curious what people's favorite quarantine music experience has been so far as far. You know, streaming live shows or whatever other, other platforms artists are using. For me, I really loved when uh, Hundred gex and Charlie XCX did Square Garden on Minecraft. That was when I was in a big Minecraft phase. Um, I think Caro Caro Bonito was there. Cashmere I, I was. I watched that. I it was, was awesome because it was right before um, How I'm Feeling Now came out. So she was previewing that new music and. I don't know, all artists were looking for a different platform to use, and I thought that was really creative and fun, and it was on survival mode, so it wasn't, you know, you can't just casually walk, the creepers might come up.
0: <laughs> That's hard. You, you always gotta I've be never, careful. I, I never watched that, that, but...
1: I did. I'm pretty sure Phoebe Bridgers did that once, too. I, might, I think it was a different show, but I remember she did it. Oh, this is just turning into a Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, episode, I know. This is like the I'm fourth mention it. of
0: Phoebe Bridgers in, this enti- in like the next like 15 minutes, but heyo um i think i think my favorite sort of live experience in covid was clipping's live stream uh they did like a live performance of like a bunch of their new uh material and uh it was absolutely phenomenal clipping are uh, an excellent hip-hop group um very experimental very noisy very abrasive and like that live experience didn't change at all with the fact that it was it was it was done over a stream i think the beats just sounded so good on top of it despite the fact that it is over the internet and the actual performance in itself while limited it was just really up front in your face you actually i you know i was head banging along with it but just in just in the middle of my living room and it was just such an incredible experience to have there's actually a i don't really want to spoil it too much because as i think you can see the stream still uh, fuck it, I'm going to spoil it, basically in the middle of their set and they do a bunch of songs from their new album Visions of Bodies Being Burned and then they do a bunch of their old material as well Um, and then sort of midway through the gig they sort of have, they take a wee five minute break and basically they go outside and the mics and cameras follow them and all you hear is just outside you just hear the streets, you hear the cars going by etc and then you hear David Deggs, the lead rapper. He starts just, just going off on a verse there's no instrumental backing him so you know that he, they, they're playing the instrumental on for his headphones or for his earpiece or whatever and then as you go through back into the venue you slowly hear the music creep up and you realize that it's, it's fading in the beat as it comes along and it's just such an incredible moment and they just go right back into it and they just go straight into another song and just it punches you so hard and i was like that's such an incredible way to do a live stream performance because obviously with live stream performances it's very limiting there's not a lot you can really do about it, but you can do some some really cool stuff. But that was just an, an example of it. So Clapping's live show definitely go check it out if it's still up on YouTube. But I watched it live, and it was just such a great experience.
1: Yeah, my I would say most of the live performances that I watched over quarantine were Instagram lives, uh, where people would just start one and just start playing music. I know Haley Williams did that a ton. Um, the one I remember the most and thoroughly enjoyed the most was the Japanese House. I don't know if you guys know who they are. They are a group. Well, she, it's mainly her, but her band is uh, a part of the 1975s label, and they're, they're great synth pop, indie pop. Um, and she did a live show on Insta Live where she played like a full set just behind a piano with a guitar. It was great. Um, I would say most, there wasn't a whole lot of live stuff other than the live streams, obviously. Um, but I took the time over quarantine to really dive into as many new artists, as many new albums as I could find. And I ended up listening to maybe over, uh, so it was probably somewhere around 200, 250 albums last year. And I really want to try to do that again. But now that things are getting back to normal, working nine to five, it it's not as easy anymore.
2: Well, that's when you go and listen to 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton.
1: <laughs> Great
0: song. Every day. What we to, what we just on it? repeat. J-Rev, what's your experience with live music?
2: Um, I mean, you know, like John said, I used to love going to live shows all the time. I live in Richmond, Virginia, and there's just such a good live music scene that's also very cheap. Um, right before... COVID, though, I was living out in the mountains of Colorado and there wasn't much of any live music there. Um, so it'd been quite a while since I've seen a concert. Obviously, haven't seen any during COVID um, and haven't really done a lot of the live stream things. Uh, up until recently, I was working at Amazon. So that gave me a lot of opportunity to listen to music um, while just working in the warehouse. And so I did a lot of like deep dives on people um, try to get through some of their discography that I maybe haven't. Um, Paul McCartney was a great one for me when I discovered he just has a lot of interesting music. Post the Beatles always love the beach boys stuff post pet sounds, which I got hip to a couple years ago and their stuff is just incredible. Just kept going. So good. facts,
1: mm-hmm.
3: facts. Beach Boys are easily like a top 10 artist for me. I've been really into Wild Honey. That album recently with Darlin is so good.
2: Yes. If you haven't listened to the Beach Boys stuff after Pet Sounds and you like Pet Sounds, keep listening because they just got so psychedelic with the harmonies in such an interesting direction.
3: I mean, I think all of us through social media have been able to see... People living in Australia who go to concerts can go to clubs, go do things and live a normal life, which we're all very envious of. Um, And I was reading more about how Australia has responded to COVID. Obviously they had a very strict lockdown, um, but now has led them to being the only place, to my knowledge, that is having shows. So I looked at some articles and... It looks like they started back up in their summer, so November and December. They're having shows at reduced capacity, but could still go up to 6,000 people, which is mind boggling to think of. Um, their opera house, Sydney's opera house, was talking about, you know, they theoretically could open back up at full capacity, but we don't know if that would have been a turnoff to people. You know, just to be in that space again, I, for one, can't imagine what it would be like to go back to a a packed house of a show um, and be sitting shoulder to shoulder with someone. And an interesting bit in that article was that the Australian ballet dancers, when they rehearse, they can't touch each other, which I imagine (laughs) makes it so difficult. Um, And what is becoming more popular in Australia is having seated shows where everyone's at a table, they can order drinks to the table, but it's not the same environment as getting up and dancing. So I would still take that over what we're doing anytime, but it is, um, I'm quite envious of that. Mm. So
2: I've, I've definitely noticed that as I've not been going to concerts, I find myself just dancing less on a day to day. Like I feel like I used to just sometimes get in moods where I'm, I'm really dancing in my room, you know, like no one's watching, just like they say. But I think since I'm not going to concerts anymore, it's just, you know, not a part of my life as much.
1: Yeah, and I've seen videos. Um, I I am on a Hatchie's Patreon account, and she just did her first show last month and posted videos from it. And it, I was so envious. And then I know the Beths also are from New Zealand. Uh, they've been having shows since, like, i I would like august july or august of last year because new zealand good for them same
2: boat
1: yeah
2: okay so right there can you add in um like a cool sound effect like maybe like some sirens or something cuz <laughs> <laughs> cuz I'm about to start Yeah to- yeah
0: well, wait why well, no, can just keep that just keep edit edit <laughs> edit <laughs> What so you want me to do some like, boop, boop,
2: boop, boop, something
0: yeah, like Yeah some that. I figured like
2: wow like, like, wow not maybe air horns but just something be like whoa whoa something's going on you know I'm going like, to let uh, you
0: right we're going to stay silent and then you're going to come in and you're just going to do your bet then jrev
2: Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> hello there, listeners, and welcome to our first game of the day. This one is Name That Song by Artists You Know, but Songs That Don't Sound Like Them. So I will play a couple different songs that are very not reminiscent by the artist, and we'll see if our hosts can guess who sings that song. Starting should
1: out. Should we just like yell it? The first person to yell it wins, or just, should we have like a. Should we, we pair
0: our I'm hands up on the or... Zoom call?
2: Yeah, put your hands up on the Zoom call. I'll play up to I'm going to play like 30 seconds of it so our listeners at home can play along and then the first hand I see up, yep, they'll get to guess first. Okay, so I th- I think this should work. So we're going to start from easiest to hardest if that even works.
0: Yeah, we'll do that. I hate to see what the hard one is.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the easiest one. Like I said, musicians you know, artists, or er, songs you don't. Shryman, let's hear your guess.
1: The Who. The Who.
2: Ah.
1: Yeah, not the who I'll do, right, <laughs> right. it's sounding yeah, too much like the who
0: i'll do the i'll do the uh, sound effect you don't need to add it in <laughs> well, I'll it, add it, it that's in where first. you can edit it you know <laughs> we need okay, to make a jrev
1: soundboard
0: yeah <laughs> we'll do <a> J- <laughs> in future episodes jrev will now be a permanent feature
2: <laughs> but just on the soundboard <laughs> yeah all right anyone else have a guess of the band that originally made the song no that, because this song, interesting enough, is actually a cover. Um, but bonus points if you know who originally sung that song. Is it a Beach Boys song? It is not a Beach Boys song. If you can tell me anything about the song, you get points. I'm out of it. I have I'm, no idea. It sounds
0: like the Beatles.
2: I have no idea. So, this... Paul McCartney. is Paul McCartney. Not Paul McCartney. It's a Neil Young song. Uh, he's singing Mr. Soul which is originally by Buffalo Springfield. But this is the album Trans, where Neil Young said, man, I bet it would be cool to be a robot. And so he sounded like a robot for a lot of the album.
1: Is that the same album with Transformer, man?
2: Yeah, that is the album with Transformer, man. Great. Do I get a point for that? Do I get a point for that? It was past the time limit. I can't give you a point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's It's only John Shea wins, then he gets the point. If John and John Shea said that he would get the point because John Shea yeah. wins every game. Yep, yeah, I want all two games. Wait, right, John Shea, can you just say, Is that Neil Young? and I'll just edit it back into <laughs> where everyone's like being asked. Is that the
3: Neil Young album where he wanted to sound like a robot? It is the
1: <laughs> way is Transformer Man on
3: that album?
2: It is. Oh. <laughs> all right, hold on, My okay. screens are crazy crazy right now i don't even know where my zoom went
0: i already know this is going to be a bitch to edit so thanks guys yeah
2: no problem all right uh and here comes song number two Ryman, you have have an answer?
1: I do have an answer because it sounds just like them, but I know that's not what this game is, so it's definitely not going to be them, but The Doors.
2: Unfortunately, this is the game we're playing, and it is not The Doors. I I figured, but it sounds just like a Doors song. I'll give you the hint is I I definitely, unlike the Neil Young album, where it's a more obscure album, I definitely think everyone is familiar at least with songs on this album
0: it seems like it'd be sampled somewhere i'm sure i've heard this before
2: i
1: know that's what i was saying i was like i know i've heard this before. sounds really familiar you,
0: you hear anything remotely jazzy you're thinking it's been it's been sampled before in a beat um yeah.
2: this band is one of my favorites to kind of throw out people because they have they have such a range and type of music and you know, we're Neil Young. Not not Neil Young. <laughs> we're all familiar with um, you know, their big hits. Um, a lot of which are on this album. But, you know, if you ever go and listen to their whole album, it, it just when I first did it, it blew me away, the diversity in their music and how good it is. Can I take another guess? Yeah.
0: Rolling Stones?
2: No. Velvet
1: Underground? No.
0: Queen?
2: No. 5, 4, 3, Two, one. Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. It is the Beastie Boys off Fuck the it album. Is it oh, Boys? <laughs> it's the Beastie Boys with That's the awesome. buzzer beater <laughs> I'm from I'm you kidding. and Pringle. It oh is, my god! Uh, how do you do that? That
0: was a complete fucking
2: game. <laughs> it was "Song for Junior" off the album "Hello Nasty," which is the the one where they're in the the sardine oh, can wait. with intergalactic. There's a lot of great songs like this on there. They also started out Wait, as which a punk song band. is that it's, which song is that it's called song for junior Ah, not to be I confused this, with song yeah. for the man okay
0: i remember this album now.
1: i cannot believe you got that
0: i mean i, I was kind of half guessing now that i know that i'm right i'm kind of half guessing
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if, if, if people haven't listened to entire beastie boys albums um hello nasty is a great place to start um License to Ill is obviously great. Yeah, I know.
1: License to Ill, like I-, I love that album, but that's the only one I've ever like really
2: dove into.
0: And then El Communication,
2: a lot good, good more punk on that album. But uh, by the I time mean, it's just because
0: it's, just it's got Sabotage on it, and it's such a great song.
2: Uh, there's also like like Heart Attack Man is a great one off that album that you know really digs back to their their punk roots because they you know they opened for the Misfits on tour back when they were primarily a punk band. All right, and now uh, so we're, we're one.
0: We're one for Pringle.
2: One for Pringle, zero for everyone else. But here's the final and hardest. All right, John Shea, you got your guess herbie hancock i do love herbie hancock but that would sound too much like herbie hancock yeah, that's
1: that's the game i've been playing this sounds like an interlude it is not like for something. an interlude it is not it's like an actual it,
2: it was kind of on a bonus track for this album but this album doesn't get a lot of love for this extremely famous artist and it should artist so not band yes that is that is a hint there.
0: Apex Twin. Nope. Sunra.
2: No, it would sound way too much like Sunra. Get out of town.
1: <laughs> hmm. Artist. Give us a give us a
2: decade. This song, I believe, was made in the eighties, maybe late seventies. I will say this.
0: David Bowie. No. Prince. No. It can't be Michael Jackson. There's no way it's Michael Jackson.
2: Do you want to guess that?
0: Michael Jackson? No,
2: not Michael Jackson. <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, uh, Neil Young. Not, not Neil Young. I, I will give you a hint.
0: Shania Twain. I
2: don't. <laughs> no, not Shania. But I wish Shania Twain. Uh, earlier, Pringle and I were were talking about how his music has taken a hiatus because he's living in a house where it's hard to record. But I will say this artist here recorded that song, every instrument himself in his bathroom. And that's a true fact. Paul McCartney? Ding, 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 ding! Bang! That's right for Evan Shryman. This is the song Secret Friend off McCartney 2, the 10-minute masterpiece that he recorded in his basement. Um, I remember Zach Lippman turned me on to this album, one of our friends, and he was telling me that John Lennon during his big hiatus, he'd stop making music until he heard this album and mm. decided he wanted to make music again because Paul was showing him up and making good music. And that song is a club banger. If I ever heard that out, ooh, I'd be hitting the floor like no other.
0: Okay, so we we can just confirm right now that you've done all three of them, and John has not won the game. That I
1: was about to say that.
2: Yeah, John this is great. About that. He's the biggest loser. But we do have one more game later that he could come back. <laughs> Listeners at home, tweet at us, email us, you know, whatever. If you got any of them right let us know your God, thoughts you are on actually song.
0: so much better than dupler you're actually plugging the podcast <laughs> without even without even any push from us whatsoever hey you're already it, better than dupler in every sense of the word
2: and i had <laughs> stuff prepared you know don't at me yeah true but at us at the podcast
0: thanks very much for that uh jrev that was very enlightening and incredibly scary because it really yeah. shows how fucking how fake we are in terms of our music tastes i know <laughs> I think we're going to move on now to our, I, I believe the next part is a Rex of the week.
1: So um, music Rex of the week. I will start first. Uh, the, my music wreck is an album that came out in 2013. Uh, it's called two by Uh It's their second album. If you can tell uh, the first album is called scan Second one, two, third one, three. Uh, but the one I wanted to shine a light on was two. Uh, they are a post-punk kind of indie rock with like doses of jangle pop and dream pop uh, from Gothenburg Sweden and this album is just so good and now that the weather's starting to get nice again uh, it's the first song I or the first album I really put on every single day when I step outside uh one song off it that I really want to shine a light on is called the sleep this song is probably a top 25 song of the decade for me of the 2010s um it's really like a perfect sunny day windows down driving uh, on the highway kind of song like blast it full blast and it's just it's just a massive sound condensed onto a 32 minute album um with the lead singer her name is Maja Milner she has one of the craziest ranges I've ever heard from a singer ever I would say like you could argue Elizabeth Fraser's range of uh, Cocktail Twins is next level as well. Um, but I, I've never heard somebody go from such low notes to just belts um, at the snap of a finger. So that is My Music Wreck. Uh, so we'll pass it on to our guest, J-Rev.
2: My Music Wreck this week is a classic, the 1998 album by the beta band, three EPs starting off with dry the rain it's really i mean that song is one of my favorite songs and that album is is perfect besides monolith in the middle which is a little out there for me um but every other song just just hits their scottish brand pringle i don't know if you're familiar with them what's their name um the beta band
0: no never heard They're mostly
2: known for this album Incredible album.
3: I think I I first heard of them through the movie High
1: Fidelity. Um,
2: I oh, think I they, love that movie.
3: Yeah, I think I don't, I
1: don't think I recognize the band though.
3: Yeah, I, they might have been in the soundtrack. I think, but yeah, great they record.
0: look like two guys from uh, four guys from Scotland. To be fair, I I, I, <laughs> I immediately looked at them and I was like, yeah, they, I could see them in the middle of Glasgow. Yeah,
2: it, it kind of has a folky acoustic but a little electronic sound that is really just so pleasant and calm but at the same time you know continuously gets me going and inspired Mm. Uh, so if you haven't heard it it's a real gem give it a listen all right thank you for
1: that we'll pass it on to john
2: yeah um my
3: recommendation for the week in tune with the Australia note is king gizzard and the lizard wizard their album of their many infest the rat's nest it's probably their most thrash metal album but what a prolific band um in 2017 they put out five albums all great they have a crazy range the album quarters is all songs that are 10 minutes long and 10 seconds, but the reason Infest the Rat's Nest really sticks out to me is it was such a turn, the song Planet B, good environmental themes throughout it, the song Venusian 1 and 2, both Venus-themed, just crazy drumming throughout. I was listening to it in the car this weekend, just full blast, Uh, really gets me going, but... I think they're just a super interesting band. They have this whole g- giz-verse where a lot of their songs are interconnected. They have characters um, that they reference across their different albums. They even make new instruments for their albums, and they experiment a lot in like microtones, unusual time signatures, things like that. So huge fan. And you and I don't know if you know this, but when we worked at camp one of the first things i heard about you was Micah was saying john there's this guy in music who also likes that king gizzard band And i was like oh,
0: <laughs> what <laughs> i think i think that's how we started our conversation when we like first met was something like that it was something to do with king gizzard i'm pretty sure but yeah okay so uh, i'm going to make mine incredibly basic uh, and really really up and really modern as in like it came out on friday um but been there (laughs) but i do want to mention my my favorite hip-hop group in the past five years brockhampton have released in the past couple of weeks they've released two new tracks off their upcoming album basic yes i know it's incredibly basic but i fucking love it um i just i'm really looking forward to this new album coming out so last album ginger great album Go listen to, it, especially if you're a pop fan or if you use TikTok, because your favorite song "Sugar" is on that one, and <laughs> it is a doozy. Um, but they didn't pay out much. Well, I say they didn't pay out much uh, in terms of streaming, but what they did do was they did a lot of live, uh, live sort of mixes, etc. Over on Twitch, I believe, and that they came out with their technical difficulties series over lockdown. Um great tracks on there and I don't think I think actually a couple of them are ending up on this new album Roadrunner which is coming out next week, next Friday. I'm incredibly excited to listen to it because every time a new Brockhampton release comes out I am so excited and every time I do get blown away at just how incredibly consistent they are with their output even given some of their recent controversies with Amir leaving the group even though that was fucking three years ago or whenever that was um, and they just bounced right back from that and they came out with still some great material despite the fact that this core member had left and now I think with these two new singles that have come out so there was Cut, which is featuring Danny Brown and you think how much, it's an incredible song and it's such a great thing to see a band like brockhampton who started out in a small house in texas moving to california dropping three albums over a summer well technically over like the second half of the year because saturation three came out in december but just dropping these three great albums within a year and then still after everything that they went through they kept going and now they're working with like a legendary rapper in danny brown and uh pretty much They've they've since, you know, they've released Count On Me, which has Sean Mendes in the chorus, as well as like Ryan Beatty, and they've introduced Jabari, who was one of their producers, is now going to be like a main vocalist in the group, which is great, because we got a glimpse of him in his Technical Difficulties series, and he did some great performances in that, and um, if you want some core Jabari performances, look up the song Twisted, and I believe NST are the two tracks that I really enjoy from him, but anyway. It's incredibly exciting to see a group like Brockhampton come back Um, and it's only next week. I've already pre-ordered my t-shirt and CD pack. I'm good to go with Brockhampton. Well, thank you everyone for listening to episode two of The Clump. Uh, We'll be back soon. I don't know when that will be, hopefully very soon. As I said last time, We don't really have a schedule as to when these things are set out, but we do try to make them regular, even though last episode was a month. So just keep an eye out on social media, at The Clump Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. See you all next time.